Hello and welcome to Warpatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we are going to talk about not being Mexican enough. But first, a word from our sponsor. Tacos, tacos, tacos. Now that I have your attention, did you know that hashtag Taco Tuesdays doesn't just have to be on Tuesdays? You can make it hashtag taco every day with Don Taco Mobile Taco Stand. If you're looking for the best tacos in the valley, look no further. Let Don Taco cater your next event, whether it's a birthday party, baby shower, quinceañera, or a wedding. They will bring you the most delicious tacos with the freshest of ingredients. Do you like tacos de birria? They got them. Tacos de asada? Treat yourself. Tripas, cabeza, guys, they got them. Book them today. Go to dontacocatering.com for more information. You can also follow them on Instagram at dontacomts. And now, to the show. Bienvenidos, or welcome back, for those that don't speak Spanish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we were uh, before just we, like ninety eight percent of our fan base. Yeah, I know. Otto is gonna be like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm the one percent." Yes, the one. He's a one percenter for sure. In 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 this particular case, um, we today we um, we want to address a topic about. Um, I think like it would be like the the perfect title for my biography not mexican enough um i'd buy that right mm -hmm. and it, it just i started thinking about this because it it's uh it's been almost 10 years that i've lived in the u.s um which is probably less than the time that gustavo and ivan have lived in, in this country um I think, Ivan, you, you've lived here for your whole life except for like a short stint or something, right? Yeah, I was born here and then I moved to Zacatecas for like two and a half years. Mm. And then I came here to Arizona. So. Mm. See, like you went to like... 35 divided by two. I three. That's what we are talking about. <laughs> that's, I don't know. It's actually I mean, 35 like, I, minus I, three. <laughs> I know the terms. Like I understand it, but like I cannot speak in terms of what you would learn in school. Like... No. For math specifically? For math specifically. Mm. Um, like, I never noticed, like, how do you say uh, multiplicado por? It's like times. Times. Times, times uh -huh. what? And then times divided what? by. Divided by. Um, and I used, to, for the longest time, regando el tepache, gacho. <laughs> like, I would say divided four. <laughs> oh, and okay. I think it was until the time, like, I met Diana that she was like. Oh, es porque dividido por. Uh -huh. Ah, yeah, that translates. I was translated. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Um, things that you, I went to school in Mexico. So and I'd, she's like, you're dividing four? <laughs> four like, what? Four what? Yeah. Four with what? <laughs> yes, exactly. See? It's, so, um, so those kind of things. How, how long have you lived in the U.S.? Uh, around 50. 15 years now well yeah i mean we we just celebrated our 15th year anniversary and i came to live here uh -huh. when we got married but being from a border town you kind of like you kind of grow, grow up two. on on both sides right because i was working on, in the u.s for about two three years before two years before we got married so i mean again you just grew up on the border and you're kind of like on both places at the same time essentially and again, we dated for three years before we got married, and she lived on the U.S. side, and I live in the Mexico side. And literally every day, I would 
classic over Romeo and Juliet. It was like mm-hmm. West Side Story, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she liked to live in America. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, how did it work that you were working in the U.S., but we're not... I, I had a work visa, visa yeah. Work visa? Oh, okay. Temporary work visa. Like TN visa? Uh-huh. Exact, yeah. That exact one. Mm, that's the one that I had before I met Deanna. Mm-hmm. And then we had an anchor baby, and then, you know, everything. There you go. <laughs> but so, I love them. But I love them. I love them. <laughs> I have four anchors now that is weighing me down. It feels like I'm drowning. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I love them. I love them. Uh, but seriously. Anyways. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of um, how um, being Mexican, people have kind of like the, an image in their in their heads about what a Mexican looks like or is. But what people don't know most times is that Mexico in and of itself could be like 12 different different countries, you know, if if um if they allow it like um if you think about like the indigenous groups in Mexico Mm-hmm. On their own, like the Mayans were all over the Yucatan Peninsula and into Guatemala and Belize and and all of those countries. So their empire was like it it extended through like part of the south of Mexico and then like a couple other countries mm-hmm. in Central America. Um, the Aztecs with like all of the, the central part, the central part of Mexico, and you know you had like rivaling. Uh, tribes around with the Tlaxcaltecas and the Toltecas and all mm-hmm. the other Ecas around there. Um, same thing in Veracruz, Tabasco and all that. And in the north, there's just like nomad people mm-hmm. that didn't have like, well, except for the Yaquis and uh, Sonora. And, Chichimecas and all those. Yeah, yeah. And all those guys. So all of the, all of those tribes, it's just like in the U.S., right? You had like all of your, um, your tribal groups that, they had their probably their own language and they were very different from one another. Um, then cut to the um, the Spanish occupation of Mexico for three hundred years. Well, that started to change like the 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 flavor of things, right? Yeah. So like basically, we're like a product of mestizaje. For yeah. those that don't know what mestizaje means, it's like basically mixture yeah, of races, the blend of of different races and cultures. So, um, and actually Mexico had like a caste system where like even people that were children of people from Spain that were born in Mexico were lower (laughs) in the chain. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. They were called, um, I think they were like the original mestizo, um, that they were of Spanish parents. So like, El Cura Hidalgo and Jose Maria Morelos, they were um, born in Mexico of Spanish parents, mm-hmm. but they were not considered Spanish, which is like weird to think about now because, you know, my kids were are born here in Arizona, but because I am, I am Mexican, I have my Mexican nationality, technically they can get a Mexican passport and, mm-hmm. and be Mexican. Um so um, all this to say that it, throughout of all of those 300 years of a mixture, you have 
um, Spanish people uh, mixing with um, all of these different tribes in 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 Mexico, and then you know they they had uh, slaves in in the port of Veracruz, which uh, they were called mulatos. Mm-hmm. So the darkest skinned people in Mexico are going to be around that area, right? Um, and then you had people from France that uh, had like different colonies in the northern northern part of Mexico because the, the government allowed it. So now you have all these blonde, tall um, Mexican mm-hmm. people walking around. And, and there are like some groups of Mennonites as well in the state of Coahuila. So that there's like a, a mixture of all of these cultures and whatnot that are not a lot of people know. And they just think about someone who is Mexican as someone from like Mexico City that is going to look a lot like a Aztec warrior, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so have you guys had that experience that someone is like, oh, I'm Mexican. It's like, well, you don't, you don't look Mexican. Oh, the, <clears throat> that happens to me all the time, actually. Really? Yeah, which is so weird because growing up, I always thought that I looked Mexican. And then when I became a youth minister, we were we were coming back from from the church into the hall, and there was a couple of teens that were talking that were walking and talking, and one of the the teens were was speaking Spanish and he said a bad word, mm-hmm. and then I resp- I said like I I know what you said, and he's like what like. Like, you don't speak Spanish. I'm like, and then I responded like, si, hablo español. And it's like, you're Mexican? I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he was shook. And then it happens all the time. Like, I went to mass with Nayeli one time. And we went to Spanish mass. And the priest was like, oh, it's so cool that you bring your husband to Spanish mass. That is so nice. Like, you know, does he understand it? And Nayeli's like, father, he's more Mexican than me. (laughs) I know. And so he was shook. It, I had a I have a funny story like that. Like when when um, I was visiting Diana in California, um, when we were dating, we went to mass with to the parish that her family used to go to mass, to the same mass. And at the end of it, um, I see everybody speaking in Spanish, and I'm usually like not very like extrovert to like initiate conversation with like people that I don't know and our family members and one of the tias uh one of the anastias is like i is, is gringo el muchacho <laughs> el güerito el güerito <laughs> and i was like no soy de monterrey <laughs> they were like ah ya habla español <laughs> i'm like yeah el gringuito habla muy bien el español <laughs> mira que bien le sale um so so i i think the the that is all about like breaking stereotypes, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, all three of us can can wear facial hair. That's definitely like a Spanish trait, not necessarily. But it's like the whole. I don't know. Like I don't know if it's a stereotype. But if you're Mexican, you gotta be like brown and mm-hmm. and short and short and this and that and, and speak broken English and speak broken English. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. But it obviously that's not the case with us, you know. Yeah, I mean that doesn't mean that Mexicans like that exist. But sure, you know, punctuality. We were talking mm-hmm. about that and how much Gustavo hates people being late. That's one trait that I have, and I don't, I don't even know where that comes from. But like when I started working for um, 
I started contracting for U.S. companies. I I started to get like a little bit molded, to say the least, to like American culture, where you know Americans are more like we do business first, and then mm -hmm. we can be friends. And you know Mexicans is the opposite. So yeah, we need we need to get to know each other, and then we can do business. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like part of my life mission i guess it's been like breaking stereotypes about mexicans because people would always be like you're mexican but you don't have an accent mm. and i'm like no yes i have an accent what you're trying to say and you're not saying it you're saying it without saying it, is that i don't speak broken english mm. you know mm -hmm. um i've gotten like all all sorts of like some people were like what are you <laughs> you know <laughs> Like, I don't know what you mean by that. Like, human? like a man? I don't know. Uh, human. <laughs> human. Um, sometimes someone gets Canadian and I was like, no, get out of here. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know, um, I get Arab or whatever. I guess like oh, the I've beard. I've that too. Yeah. Um, what do you, what, what do people guess you are? I don't, I don't think I've ever encountered that. Really? Yeah. Um. Well, I guess Gustavo is like easier to be like, oh, Gustavo is like a Latin name. So, yeah. See this guy named Walter, you know, with an H. Yeah. it's Yeah. I, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, rarely somebody like out of the blue that I don't know will come up and ask me if I'm Mexican or not. Has mm -hmm. never happened still. Uh, but somebody one did, once did ask, you know, it's like, is English your primary language? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I, I mean. No, it's not. Like, wow. Like, where would you learn? Like, I don't know, TV, <laughs> music, friends, you know, friends. And, and my dad owning a Mexican curios shop, you know, along the Nogales border definitely helped because, I mean, I've, I've been speaking English since I was like four years old. Broken or whatever, or mm -hmm. whatever, p picking up like catchphrases here and there, you know, like. Barato, barato pa que vuelva, you know, like, <laughs> cheap, cheap, so you'll return. It's like, okay, it's like, I would just be essentially a parrot of everything that I heard with all of the other people <clears throat> around the block. But when I started working in the U.S. and I was pretty much interacting with English-speaking people on a daily basis, I got a lot of practice. To the point where somebody asked me, you know, if like English was actually my first language or not. I was like, no, it's like not. Do you speak Spanish? Like, mm -hmm. like perfectly. <laughs> Simon? Yeah, it's, yeah. So, but no, just, just somebody like wondering if I'm Mexican or not. I don't, I guess I've never paid attention or not. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody once asked me if I, like you guys, like you all like soccer, right? And I'm like, not really. <laughs> I was so disappointed when you told me no. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I mean to be honest, like I I I'll watch it, but it is, I don't go look after it, you know. Mm -mm. So that and that's like that's a good segue to um to what I was gonna say next. That um you know even when I was living in Monterrey, like I wouldn't be like your typical regio, regio. Uh -huh. um, which you know is someone that Friday afternoon they're like uh, starting the the charcoal grill because. It is like religion there to like make carne asada mm -hmm. on the weekend and 
you know, from uh, the music all out and whatnot. Go to the soccer stadium mm -hmm. every every other week because there's there's a there's a game Liguilla, going. La Liguilla. Yes. Um and um you know, in a way I think that and even my dad tells me that right now, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like you're very Americanized. And I'm like, yeah, but like even when I lived there, mm -hmm. um I I most of the The, the 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 jobs that I've had have involved speaking English because I was doing consulting near short consulting for Bank of America and American Express and and I hope they don't sue us can we say those names <laughs> you just did it's okay um, we have sponsors it's fine <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but the thing is I feel like right now. Well, I particularly, I don't know about you guys. I don't want to speak for you too, but um, it's like if I go to Mexico, my cousins are going to be like, he's a gringo, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm here and, and you know, some people are going to be like, well, I feel like Mexicanness is like, like a um, scale, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like more Mexican than the other guy. It's like, well, I don't wear boots and a cowboy hat and a belt buckle Mexican, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like the guy that buys clothes at Costco because it's cheap and affordable. <laughs> um, and like assimilation, like how, I guess the, the, the main point of this episode that we wanted us to like, maybe, uh, people that are in the same boat as we are, um, Mexican dads living in the U S trying to raise, Uh, children in between the two cultures like probably Gustavo uh, has a, a head start on this because his girls are older but like how do you balance like putting um, aspects of Mexican culture and American culture in, in your girls so that they know about both countries about both countries That is a great question, and I'm the worst one to answer it. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I go back to the way I was brought up, again, growing up in a border town, um, we, we got like all the U.S. channels on TV. I was always, I've always been drawn more to like American culture than Mexican culture. Mm. From everything from movies to music to sports everything so for me the best the highlight of my week was like friday night watching tgif because i was i knew i was gonna watch like full house and family matters and like step by step and all the shows that i really thoroughly enjoyed and that taught me life lessons you know <laughs> Danny Tanner was like my second dad <laughs> dude the episode where uh, DJ Tanner has uh, anorexia Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god, totally. this is so real. <laughs> or or when Michelle falls from the horse, right? Yeah. I'm like, that that molded me to the man that I am today. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> But that's that I mean explains everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> But it, in music it was the same thing. You know, I remember growing up and and when I wasn't going to school yet, um, we would always be able to just watch TV. 
And the music that I would listen to would be, you remember the, they would sell these like albums, like compilation albums, like from now the 70s. One? No, 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 that's like, that's, oh, that's new. like 90s. That's like 90s. Yeah, no, that's like, like yeah. 80s, like, like compilation albums from the 60s and the 70s. Like I know what Beatles you're talking or about. like Three Dog Night or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Dude, The Doors and all that stuff. I would watch those infomercials. I would. Dude, they were the I would, best. It would, it would be awesome. And that's where I was. And then I started like 11 listening. 11 p.m. You can't sleep. <laughs> I started listening to all these songs like in the movies that I, mm. I'm like, I'm like 10 years old and I knew all about Frank Sinatra and stuff like that. Cut to starting to date Caro, right? Like maybe like 20 years later. And I'm like, Pedro who? You know, because she and her family love Pedro Infante. That's my boy. And, and all the Mexican movies and black and white and Cantinflas mm. and all this. And that stuff was like never on. Because my dad and they just didn't have it on. My dad is also the same as me. You know, he would always watch uh, U.S. sports, you know, the NBA, the MLB and and everything. Movies in English. He would always watch like movies in English. I don't remember my dad sitting down and watching like a Pedro Infante movie. So it wasn't part of the culture at, at my house. So I didn't grow up with it. So to answer your question is like, In, in my house right now, I think it's a good mix because Caro does have all of that Mexican background of, of those cultural uh, um, environments that I wasn't uh, um, privy to. Yeah. And I started appreciating it when I got married and when I started sharing a life with her, I'm like, oh, okay, I get this. You know, so she is more of a... The bridge. Of, of that bridge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am guilty of speaking a lot more English and Spanish at the house. Same. And, and the girls have caught on more English than Spanish. They understand it and they can speak a little bit more the older one than the younger one. It still surprises me yeah. when Ana Lucia uh, starts speaking Spanish. I'm like, mm -hmm. wait, what? What is mm -hmm. this? <laughs> I need to do like a second take. Yeah. <laughs> Frida, Frida once said... Um, Mom, I keep eating beans, but the Spanish just doesn't come out. <laughs> when she was when she was little, she thought that it was like eating Mexican food would correlate to speaking better Spanish. Wouldn't mm. that be amazing? Yep, that's crazy. Do you do you have uh, things in Nayeli and you are trying to do? We're, we're like we really yeah. suck at speaking Spanish to the kids, for example. Yeah, you know what? We're we're very bad at speaking Spanish to the kids. I wish we we were better. We. Not that we completely just talk English to them. We definitely talk Spanish, but we could do a way better job. Mm -hmm. um, but for me growing up, it was, it was, I think for me, it was a good balance. Mm -hmm. You know, m both my parents were from Mexico, all my siblings who were born here. Um, but there was definitely a lot of culture in my family. Um, like my dad, dude, his idol is Pedro Infante. Oh, yeah. So, like, I grew up watching Pedro Infante movies, listening to his music, tamborazo. Like, that's, that's like, my culture. D describe tamborazo. Tamborazo is, it's, like, how do you explain it? It's, like, a... So, the instruments that are in the, in the orchestra, kind mm -hmm. of... So, like, it's, like, you have a, a drum, you have a... a What do you call the the bass? El tambor. Like a someone is the playing kick, the it's snare. Like the, like the kick bass. Yeah, it's like kick a bass. kick uh -huh. bass, but you hold it and you hit the it kick, with the. the you hold it sideways as opposed to mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody you, is carrying their instruments. So it's like a mobile band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have like uh, saxophone. You have um, oboe. Mm-hmm, the oboe. And you have a trumpet. It's uh, so it's like metals and mm-hmm. drums. A tuba, yeah. right? Yep. A tuba. Exactly. So it's, it's grew up with tamborazo. And then, but my dad, like ACDC, Metallica, all that. Mm-hmm. So, like, so I, I definitely feel like I had a, like a good balance of, of both cultures. And even, even now, like I, I don't know, like I, I, I love being Mexican. I love my culture. I think I did follow, you know, I did watch more English TV mm-hmm. and listen to more, uh, obviously English music and sports, you know, I'm a big baseball fan, NBA, NFL, all that. Um, and then, you know, you have Nayeli who was born in Mexico. But she was brought here when she was like a year and a half or two years old. So like this is all she knows. Like, but she still grew up in, you know, her family's from, from Mexico City. So she like she grew up in that culture mm-hmm. as well. And even though like she's she doesn't remember Mexico City, but like she I think I feel like just being around her family, like yeah. she she knows what it is. But she's definitely I think, yeah, like we're we're both more Americanized. Mm-hmm. Um and we definitely we we do like to we try to teach it to the girls. Mm-hmm. No, no, we're not always we don't always do a good job, but we do try to speak Spanish to them a lot. We were praying in Spanish for a little while. We were like we, yeah. like alternating. Like mm-hmm. we would do like a full week of Spanish and then like a full week of English. And then like we were starting to introduce like a full week of Latin doing the rosary. Mm. So I will Lily does know the Hail Mary in Spanish, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about mm-hmm. that. She cuts it cool. instead of saying the full thing, she says it like in half the time, but mm-hmm. that's at least she has a exactly. We keep making that joke and not doing the reference to it, but it's fine, I'm okay with it. Um, keep him guessing, <laughs> let, yeah, let them figure it out. Yeah, I still want to explain. Uh, in, in one of the things that I, I I gave for granted about Mexican culture, I guess, in my family was um, all the traditions around Christmas and like posadas and la piñata and pastorelas and all that stuff that we'll probably talk about um, in December um, are things that are that I'm now like, we need to save this and pass it on to the mm-hmm. kids, you know, um, which are mo- most of the things that I'm like, I think that we talked about music and in media uh, as part of those things. I I didn't necessarily grow up watching like those uh, Pedro Infante movies, but I remember Capulina was my favorite mm-hmm. uh, Mexican comedian. Uh, Cantinflas was boring to me. Yeah, I didn't get it. And he was but like now, Mexican. Have Charlie you watched Chaplin. it like now? No, I haven't watched it now. So. For context, even Charlie Chaplin said that Cantinflas was the funniest man alive. Really? Yes. I like Cantinflas a lot. I totally respect that and I appreciate it now. I didn't back then Mm. because I grew up with like watching like Die Hard, you know? (laughs) That was was like a typical Tuesday night for me, watching Die Hard. And watching a black and white movie, it was like, like, so what's going to explode? And when? And <laughs> is that going to happen soon? Because I'm like bored out of my mind right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, asleep. but now you appreciate it. 
I, I, I didn't. Think- <clears throat> I didn't like Vicente Fernandez as a kid, and now that I listen to it, I'm like, dang, he's got a good voice, dude. I know he's good. Yeah, yeah. He's like good <laughs> drinking music. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, like mariachi. Yeah, and like not not so much um, banda because I've never been like a good dancer. And banda music, you gotta like dance to it. Otherwise, you're just like, yeah, or just like drink to pena it. Right? Pena. Yeah. Um, but, but mariachi definitely and obviously the i mean the i i think i am most mexican when it comes to just food mm, i love you. mexican food it's just the best mm-hmm. and and my mom is an amazing cook and i grew up with like pretty much the best mexican food that you can find right in, so in, right in my home mm-hmm. you know what i mean That's so awesome. it was yeah that was a, such a blessing because and i had the opportunity to go like not like all over the country because I, I didn't travel that much in, into Mexico. But whatever Mexican food I've tried, either here in the U.S. or in southern parts of Mexico, I'm like, no, this is not Mexican Can Mexican you please <laughs> tell us the anecdote of when you went to make tamales with your youth group? <laughs> oh, yeah. So th- that's a really funny story. I We were doing like a fundraiser and... I grew up watching and helping my mom make tamales. I mean, since we could like walk or whatever, right? There was always something you can do when it came time to make tamales. So I was a tamale connoisseur in terms of like making tamales. I knew the process. I knew the ingredients. You're I knew, bougie when it comes you know, to tamales. I'm like, I'm there. So when they said at, at youth group, okay, we're going to do this fundraiser. We're going to sell tamales, but we're going to go make them. I'm like, I am your guy. <laughs> I am like fully versed in the tamale making process. So I go. <laughs> I have a master's degree. <laughs> I have my own equipment. <laughs> and so we go and everybody had a job. So one of my jobs was to start dicing like carrots and potatoes. And I'm like, okay, I guess they're going to feed us before we make tamales. <laughs> and I'm like, There, there's a lot of potatoes that I'm dicing and a lot of carrots. I wonder what these are for. Come to find out that they were the ingredients for the tamales. And I'm like, the what? Because a tamale doesn't have potatoes or carrots. I'm sorry. As a filling. As a filling. I agree. With yeah. You. So it was like completely alien to me. I'm like talking, I'm like 13 years old. This is the first time I'm like, venturing out to the world without my parents mm-hmm. like looking over my shoulder so i'm like this flabbergasted that that this is and this injustice is happening in front of me <laughs> you know he went home crying that <laughs> night <laughs> you will not believe they what put they put carrots in it and potatoes mom <laughs> and they made me watch the whole thing <laughs> wait did they put an olive as well um yes mm-hmm. So for us, a, t- a typical uh, tamale has uh, uh, carne con chile, which is your red, like uh, chile colorado, uh, chile colorado, mm-hmm. um, pulled beef or shredded beef, mm-hmm. um, uh, a little slice of jalapeno, mm-hmm. uh, raisin, and that's it. Why? Why a raisin? Wait, a raisin? An olive and a raisin, yeah. So it's savory and sweet. Yeah. That's funky but, AF. But just one bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like one, one raisin. And then, uh-huh. and then my mom would, would put like, she would not want to spring for the pitted olives. So she would get the ones with the pit and it would be like a r- Russian roulette <laughs> of, like, of like, if you get your tooth broken on Christmas Eve, well, 
now you know how to eat tamales from your mom. Wait, so it's the meat, pedazo, or slice of the jalapeno, mm -hmm. a raisin, and, and, an, olive. and an olive. And an olive. Do they also put potato? Nope. Okay, because I've seen no how you how you describe <clears throat> it, but no raisin, but they add a slice of potato, oh. just like the jalapeno. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, tamale, you can make it. And do so they tie them at ways. the end? No, they fold it. Oh, okay, they fold. Yeah, they fold it. Okay. See, you're you. What you're listening is like three Mexicans from three different parts of Mexico. Just you're wrong. No, you're wrong. <laughs> yes, like in Monterrey, in the northeast part of Mexico, to begin with, the the most common feeling is going to be pork instead of beef, mm -hmm. and with like uh, guajillo uh, red sauce, yeah. right? Um, then the second most famous one is going to be chicken in green mm. sauce. But then they put carrots and peas. Peas together. It, I wow. know. And then I it, see you're I mean, judging me right good. now. No, 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 no. It sounds good. I like peas. Yeah, I really I like enjoy peas, peas as well. I just, I, I, I just never seen that in a tamal. Uh -huh. Yeah, and the masa is like it's white. They don't put chile on uh -huh. on the masa. That's that's like the, yeah. the red ones. I, I can take it or leave it. And then you have cheese ones with a slice of jalapeno. Mm -hmm. so but those are corn, right? Or or are they masa? They are, they are masa. Okay, for us, the white tamales are the corn tamales with the lote. The lote, the, uh -huh. the sweet ones. We don't make them sweet. Oh, you don't make them no. sweet. See, in Monterrey, there are sweet tamales uh -huh. with raisins in them, mm -hmm. but it's just like the masa with sugar and raisins. But then you cut to Mexico City. Mm -hmm. Mexico yeah. City, they're gonna be like, well, in Monterrey, they're very skinny, and you can eat like maybe five of them. In, in Mexico City, it's more volume mm -hmm. than anything, mm -hmm. and then it's like. The, everything is cooked already and they just put like a spoonful of green or red sauce got it and a pinch of chicken or beef got it got it right and and they are like maybe the size of a fist uh thick wide and that's and that's like the mexican right power bar right mm. yes. you eat one of those and it keeps you full for the whole mm -hmm. day and then they have this thing called a guajolota which is a oh, sandwich. Dude, guajolotas are so good. What it, is it? It's I a just discovered them when I when I got married to Nayeli. There you go. It's so a torta de tamal. Torta de tamal, which is basically like a, a French demi baguette. Uh -huh. Un bolillo. Un bolillo. Pues. Un bolillo. And then inside you put a tamal. Dude, I can get behind that. Dude, it's For so sure. good. For sure. So yeah. another cultural shock is when the first time that Diana and I had tamales, um, I just served hers on her plate and she was like what are the toppings and i'm like well, inside <laughs> we we have salsa if you want to put something on it and she's like well where's the sour cream and the cotija and the uh, uh pico de gallo and i'm like excuse me <laughs> i don't know what they do in your family but in my family <laughs> you're doing it wrong honey <laughs> i have to say that i'm now a convert oh and yeah i did send you that picture it's like yeah. this is what my wife is doing to me um <laughs> <laughs> see this is what i'm talking about when i could tell you like just one simple dish that you were like tamales i know this thing no you don't because you can drive like two hours in any direction in mexico and they're going to mm -hmm. be slightly different it's like uh, the quesadillas we come back to the quesadillas, yeah, it's, it's, quesadillas. let's not get let's into not that no we're not gonna get into that anymore it's gonna get <laughs> very heated and uh, i feel like nayeli and gustavo are going to have like a problem exactly <laughs> um but anyways, we deviated. We, see, we always end up talking about food, which is people are, are going to be hungry thing, now. Man. And I'm not saying that it's, it's a bad thing. thing but um, going back to, um, you know, 
trying to tie it to to Catholicism in terms of like tradition and being Mexican because um, I I think there were like in a good time to kind of like start to to um, tie it all together. Um, I guess what I um, what I wanted to say is that we have one of the greatest uh, things that have happened to Catholicism happened in Mexico, right? Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just tapping into that um, could be like a great way for um, our children and, and whoever is listening who has uh, some sort of like, is of Mexican descent or heritage um, to, to be proud of, of that culture. You know, that um, in the 1500s, Our Lady appeared in uh, the Tepeyac Mountain and um and we have saint juan diego now uh, as well uh, as part of that working that miracle that the pretty much the whole country and the whole americas um, not a whole americas but a lot of people converted to to catholicism so we have that on top of everything that we said that is um that is good culture is good and and not to say that the the U.S. doesn't have culture because we could have the same discussion that we mm -hmm. have with tamales with like hot dogs and you know how is a Chicago dog different from yeah you know a Sonoran dog which is a different story yep. um and New York dog whatever but um do th does that make sense to yes. you yes yeah to like this whole wealth of um mm. of tradition of like the the gastronomy the music the 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 media those things are good, mm -hmm. but like the deposit of faith in mm -hmm. terms of um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, I think that that is like vital, mm -hmm. especially if you're Mexican. If you're not Mexican, you can also have a devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. Um, no many doubt, many but, do, yeah. Many Americans do. Right. And they make the pilgrimage and everything, so. Which I haven't been to. Me either. Maybe we do a Barbatos pilgrimage too. Dude, that would be so cool. Oh, uh, uh, what? Wait, did you go to the Villa Guadalupe when you went to Mexico City? A la Basilica? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dude, I almost lost it. Yeah. Yeah. That was you... like a dream of mine to go to the, the Basilica. Was that the first time? How was it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never it been was, to the Santuario. It was cool. It was so we got to, to La Basilica and then like you have the old church where it used to be. Uh and then obviously now it's the new church, which I, the older church obviously looks more It's pretty rustic, right? It's yeah, it's pretty. The new one, it's it looks nice, like a but it, yeah, it looks like, a, like it looks like a UFO. It's kind of funky. Um, but even walking in, there was mask. I think there was an ordination. It was a diaconate ordination that was going on okay. when we went to go visit. Um, but I, you know, like you're even before I get to the doors, like I could see through the door, and I and I can see Our Lady. I'm like, oh, wow, like, mm. that's it right there. And then I walk in, and you go to the, you go like to close to where the, the the altar is but it's on the side and then you go down this this these steps and then there's like a like a little walk where you where you walk and it's like you, one of those airport mm -hmm. things that like move. The, one of those conveyor belts yes. on the ground where you just walk and i like walk so many times around you can go as many times as you want as many times as you want nice that's yeah great. it was it was it was so cool because i mean just thinking like that's the actual tilma yeah that juan diego had And Our Lady is now on it, which I think, I think this would make a good episode. To do. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like no, a separate sure. episode yeah. on Our Lady. Well, yeah, I for think sure. it's so we're important. gonna make it. Um, but yeah, man, it was, 
if I, re I recommend everyone take a pilgrimage out there because it's it's beautiful nice mm -hmm. so um i hope you got something out of this if if even if you're not mexican if, if you're not mexican you uh, feel like you're mexican by association you know by by all means uh let us know what you thought about this um and uh while we keep discussing if quesadillas have cheese or not we want to thank you for listening to this episode of barbato's catholic podcast the show where three mexican dads talk about faith life and culture if you like the podcast and want to help us out there are several things that you can do you can subscribe rate and review in apple Podcasts. subscribe like and turn notifications on on youtube and you can share the podcast with your friends and family now If you really like the podcast, you can buy us a coffee, literally. If you go to buymeacoffee.com slash barbatus, you can caffeinate us. And if you buy us a coffee, you automatically get a shout out in one of our episodes. And if you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. We are on Instagram at Barbatus Catholic Podcast. You can email us at hello at barbatuscatholicpodcast.com. And on the web, we are at barbatuscatholicpodcast.com, where you will find the show notes for this episode and more. And bless us, Alanis Casey. Pray, Pray for us. us. Until the next time.